Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 189, Dare to Declare Your Baby, How Alicia Called in Her Son, Elijah. Hey, loves, I'm so excited to be here with you this week with yet another, I mean, just like, ah, goose bumps, inspiring interview. You know, and this week we have the good fortune of being in the glorious presence of Alicia Corey. And what's amazing about Alicia is Alicia is an entrepreneur. She's a CEO, digital show producer, podcaster, show host, author, international speaker, actor, and overall fun gal. <laughs> and uh, you can find more about Alicia at alicia360.com. And Alicia hosts a weekly show that I was on, gosh, maybe about a month ago. And, you know, we had met, I believe it was back in May. And you know, sometimes you just meet people and you're like, that person, that person, that person is amazeballs. And, you know, that's one of the zillion and five blessings that has come to me as a result of following my heart and following the call on my heart to share with women all over the world what I learned on my own fertility journey is by putting myself out there, putting my work out there. I also have the good fortune of meeting others, making a difference in the world and, and helping other people level up, create, and, and do amazing things in their lives. So every time I have the good fortune of meeting somebody like Alicia, I'm like, ah, you just never know what following your heart mamas is going to put in your path, whether it's a new business venture, whether it's new friends, whether it's new associates that you might have contact with in a business sense. So every time you step forward in the name of your dream. Not only does the dream draw closer to you, but it will bring people of similar vibration to you. So when Alicia and I got to talking and she shared with me the story of her calling in her son, Elijah, and how she declared him and all of the steps it took for her to bring in this miracle boy it was just extraordinary. And I'm like, Alisa, you got to be sharing this with my ladies because I think that declaring what we want on this journey is a super, it's a thing that we struggle with because there are many people, and I was one of them until I woke up and pulled my head out of my ass. But I, you know, there's so many of us that struggle on this journey and, and say, well, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to count my eggs before they hatch. And we get into all of this superstition about claiming what it is that we desire before God, universe, source, like somehow we're getting ahead of ourselves. But the reality is, is that kind of story is rooted in lack and scarcity and inherent distrust in the universe, such that you have to be superstitious and you don't want to quote unquote jinx it. Well, women that create extraordinary lives aren't freaking out about the jinx. They are out there 
full on declaring what it is that they want, showing up, doing what they know to do, getting mentorship, finding ways to to work around problems as they show up and all of that good stuff. They stay focused. And that's exactly what Alicia is going to be teaching us about today. And her story is extraordinary. It is extraordinary as she is. And every time I see Alicia on Instagram, which you should absolutely follow her, she's at the Alicia Corey, C-O-U-R-I. You got to follow this woman because she's always in red. I love it. She's just so fiery and it, and it matches her vibration. So it makes perfect sense that a woman that chooses to live at a high vibration, create for herself and declare to the universe what will be hers, will call exactly that in. So buckle up, babies. You are going to love this interview with the most audacious Alicia Corey. So we have here Alicia Corey. And, you know, when we had our the good fortune of being able to have a conversation a, a few weeks back, I, I, I just found your story so compelling, which is why I thought it would be such a blessing to my audience here to have you on because, you know, the interesting thing, and I'm sure we're going to get into this, is people tend to treat their bodies as completely separate from their mind. Like it, it's almost like we're these heads that just have these bodies attached and that the neck doesn't exist. There's no connection between <laughs> our mind and our body. And so why don't you start us off? Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about you. And then we'll get into your story about your son because I, it really blew me away. So start. Oh, thank you. So my name's Alicia Curry. I am a 53-year-old woman, just so you know, <laughs> right now. Day over 30. <laughs> thank you. And I have three children. I had, and some of the things you talked about earlier with you know, when doctors say at a certain age you can't, you won't be able, or it'll be difficult for you to to get pregnant. I had that told to me as a teenager. They did some blood work with me one time and they said that um, my progesterone was high. So I may have difficulty getting pregnant. So that was implanted in my subconscious, you know, that I'm going to have trouble getting pregnant. And also I did not want to get pregnant early in my life. So I got married really early. I got married at 21 but I didn't want to get pregnant yet. So I bought the book. I remember reading this book, How Not to Get Pregnant, because I'm like, I don't want to be pregnant. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to be an oops accident. <laughs> you know, I was very purposeful and mindful in how I was approaching. And then when I was ready to start a family, I was very purposeful in that too. And that's interesting. I love how you you really point out that there was this bug in your ear saying, you know, from a very young age that... Alicia, it may be difficult for you to get pregnant. Did you ever think about that again? Or was I, it all the time? Even when I was trying, when when we finally made the decision to have our first child, I, you know, read all the things of how to get pregnant, what to do, because I already read the book on how not to get pregnant. So now I had to read books on how to get pregnant, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had to undo what I put in my head. <laughs> so I had to to read books on you know, how to make when you're fertile, what what to look for, what signs to look for when you have sex, what to do so that you don't, you know, so that you can have a higher 
potential of getting pregnant. So I did all the things, right? I did all the things. And it's, it still took me like about six months, which for some women, that seems like, oh, please, six months, that's nothing. But, you know, thinking that it would be like this, because it should be, what was, again, playing in my head, well, it's going to take me, it's going to take us a while to do this. So it took about six months, four to six months, I think, for me to get pregnant. And I was over the moon, excited when I got pregnant. I was thrilled to tell the family about it. Everything was wonderful until it wasn't. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect my morning sickness to be as severe as it was after three weeks. And that got really severe. I was only 98 pounds at the time. And like it was morning, noon, and night. I couldn't eat. Everything I ate was uh, like I didn't actually throw up, but I was dry heaving everything. I couldn't swallow. I couldn't swallow my own saliva. I couldn't like, so I couldn't sleep because it would, it was just a nightmare. Right. So here I am thinking, well, the doctor said 12 weeks morning sickness should stop. So I said, okay, I could survive to 12 weeks. And after 12 weeks, it didn't stop. And at the time I had a gynecologist because I kept losing weight. I was eating, but the dry heaves, the nausea, the extreme nausea, the dry heaves made it very difficult to eat. But I was trying to eat as best as I could. And I had this gynecologist tell me, because I was losing weight, I was down to 92 pounds after three months, three, four months. And he said, oh, you're trying to keep your girlish figure and you're, you're starving your baby. You need to eat. And my husband turned to him and said, listen, our food bill is like $1,200 a month. She is eating. She's just not gaining weight. She is just so sick all day long, all night long, that it's hard for her to eat, but she is eating. And then they sent me to a nutrition, nutritionist who, who helped me. And I put on, I, I ended up putting on about 20 pounds. I was 112 pounds when I gave birth. <laughs> so uh, you know, 112 pounds wet, I'm sure. 112 <laughs> pounds. And it was, it was, I mean, I was skin and bones. I really was. It was really difficult. It was a very difficult time for me. And having experienced that for the very first time in my life, it created a lot of fear because an anxiety over getting, ever getting pregnant again. You know, it was all day, all night until I gave birth. Until the next day after I gave birth, did I start feeling like myself again? And so, I don't know. I, I was like, this is hard. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this again. Well, isn't it interesting how, you know, the subconscious mind sometimes takes things quite literally, right? It's going to be hard. Yeah. Right? If, if, if it's not hard for you to get pregnant, it can be hard for you to be pregnant, be pregnant. you know, because you'll hear it's going to be hard. And I'm sure you've heard this as well, is that when we are conditioned to think that something's going to be hard, we'll make it hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not, not like anyone would ask, right? Like not, not like yeah. anyone would ask for that, but it's an interesting thing. You know, yeah. our minds are powerful. Well, so tell us a little bit about, you know, how you, how this impacted your future family? Like, did you have more kids? Like what? Well, yeah, I, I'm again, when my, my daughter was about two, I thought, cause I knew I wanted more children. I didn't want one child. That was one thing I said, I, I don't want one child. I want more children. I was 
just approaching 30 or I was 30 and I said, yeah, I was approaching 30 and I said, you know what? I, I definitely want to have another baby. I don't want too much time to go by. And so let's try again. But before we even got to that place, I needed to, I needed to emotionally recover. I needed to find ways to recover. And I was going to a really great church. They had a, a women's group called Miracle Mommies of women who wanted to get pregnant and were having trouble getting pregnant. So I, I joined that group. I was the youngest in the group. Like I said, I was like 29 years old. I was the youngest person in the group and and didn't have the health issues that the others had. But I knew it was, I knew before I even knew about mindset and all, I knew it was in my head. I knew that there was something in there that that fear that was preventing me from even consider like I wanted it, but I was I was petrified of going through the same experience. So I said, I need, I need some support in this. I need to know the word. I need to dive into the the, you know, get into the word on on healing and health and pregnancy and delivering all of it. And there was this amazing book. It's called, it's by um, oh gosh, I'll I'll remember the name. You know, David does this, I'll remember the name. It'll come to me. Mm-hmm. But she wrote this book and I read this book and it was so amazing how she talked about God's plan for, for babies, God's plan for our bodies, for women, and, and even about labor and delivery, how our bodies were created to go through labor and delivery. And it's not supposed to be painful because it's just muscle contractions. And when you're building muscle and you're contracting it, there's, there's no pain there. So why do we associate pain this this excruciating pain with childbirth is because we've been conditioned to associate this pain with childbirth. So if we could change the way we look at it and just think about the muscles contracting and relaxing, contracting and relaxing, our childbirth will be infinitely smoother and less, we'll experience less pain. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do that. And I said, so I went to the classes. I, I read the book. I, I did all the things and I said, okay, I'm going to get pregnant. Let's get pregnant again. We got pregnant again. And the same thing happened. I was sick the entire time, but I wasn't in despair. Like the first time I was sick in despair, like I would be crying every day. I'd be so broken up about it. This time I had tools, like I knew what the nutritionist said. So I put that into action so that I didn't start losing weight. I didn't lose weight. I gained weight. You know, the pregnancy was a healthier pregnancy, even though I was still as sick as I was the first time around, but I could, I could endure it. It was, it was, it was less traumatic to me. It was still bad. It was still horrible, but I knew what to expect. And I went through it with a lot more grace. So when I found out in the ultrasound, there was another girl, I was like, oh, dang it. I have to go through this another time because I really want a boy. (laughs) Truly. And I've told her this story. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do this again. So I started preparing myself while I was still pregnant with my daughter that I'm going to have to do this again. So then, uh, and then, so that was, and she was a, she was a dream. I mean, my labor and delivery was quick. Boom. I can say that originally through the labor, the pain was there. The excruciating pain had started. And then I remembered reading what I did in the book 
And I went into a meditative state and I just started to really, I believe in praying in the Holy Ghost. So I was praying in the Holy Ghost. I was meditating and that excruciating pain was not like, I knew my body was going through it. I felt the contractions, but I wasn't in that pain anymore. And so much so that the nurse, like my eyes were closed and I was just breathing normally. The nurse thought I was asleep and she thought that I wasn't having contractions. She never checked me. And I opened my eyes at one point and I said, I need to go to the bathroom. And my husband said, okay, let me find out if you can go and call the nurse over the intercom. And she's like, yeah, just make sure you take the IV, you know, take the thing with her as she's getting out of the bed and and walk her to the bathroom. And my nurse that started, that prepped me and everything that started, but she went to deliver another baby, came back and she was like, wait, 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 wait. What do you need to go to the bathroom and do? Do you feel like, what does it feel like? She said, one or two. I said, two. She's like, no, stop. Don't go anywhere. And she rushed into the room and she checked and the head was coming out. Like my daughter's head. I was in such a meditative state. My daughter started coming out and I felt like I needed to go to the bathroom, but it wasn't. It was her breaching. So she was like, call the doctor in, get him to come in now, tell him it's an emergency. And they, she started fully pulling all the things together and stuff with her hand holding my daughter back from coming out. She's like, don't push, don't put. I'm like, I'm not pushing my, the, my body is just doing it. I can't. So yeah, so that was miraculous in itself, how that whole labor and delivery went. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, the idea that you, I mean, what a really interesting illustration of in that moment, remembering something. I mean, that's another indicator of how strong our subconscious mind, like, and grace, like think about like, how would you have gone back to that one bit of information in that moment? You could have been thinking about terrible things, the worst case scenario, None of this works, but you went back to what, you know, this is why there's a, an old saying, we don't fall, you know, back. It was something like, we don't fall back on our, like, it's our, our highway. I don't know how, how it goes. It was something like we fall back on our training is basically what it is when you like muscle memory, right? You just, yeah. Yeah. It's like, we don't, we don't fall back on our aspiration. We fall back on our training. It's something to that nature. Mm -hmm. We're aspiring to be our best selves, but we go back to what we know. So when you have learned something and you've taken it on board, you have this toolkit that miraculously, yeah, right when you did it, you pulled it out. I really thought I couldn't do this. It was like, I was feeling it. I was feeling the pain. My toes were curling. My whole body was tensing. And I'm like, no, this is not, this is not going to go well if you keep doing this. So the book is Supernatural Childbirth by Jackie Mize. Okay. Supernatural Childbirth. I know everyone heard that. They're like, we want to fall asleep during our birth, right? We want to fall asleep and get into this. We want to be in a meditative state. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really brilliant. Not, not only that that work exists, but that you were able to call upon it and you made a decision in that moment absolutely fall back on your training mhm absolutely and wow. just breathe through it and it was only 4 hours it was 4 hour labor and, and she came out in two pushes it was like boom boom and she was yeah. out. 
You know, and this this stands for the proposition. I mean, we hear people do incredible things like, you know, healing, what you're talking about here, this meditative childbirth. We, you know, I've even heard of people going into surgery without anesthesia mm-hmm. because of being able to tap into that mind-body connection and take control and really harness their fear. Because that's actually what you're talking about. Because it would have been really easy for you to slip back into fear mm-hmm. and have a completely different experience. Yeah. Yeah. How has that shown up in your life in other ways? The former or the latter? <laughs> like, you know, just- all of it. I have a feeling, woman, that you are very tapped in. You're very tapped in. You know how to manifest like a mofo, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see that in you. And I'm just curious, like, how that shows up in other aspects of your life. Well, in manifesting the house that we live in now, that was part of, you know, we have the same mentor going to one of his courses and, and him talking about the reason this was, this was really powerful. And my coach reminded me of it recently. She's like, the reason you don't have what it is that you desire right now is because there is something else that is more important that has, you know, something to that effect. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but you have this desire and you're saying you want this, but there is something that is taking precedent over that thing that you're not recognizing. And for years and years and years, I had been wanting a house, wanting this house, wanting a house, wanting a house. And I actually put it on a vision board. And later on, I realized it's it's the same this same house model. I don't know if it's the exact same house, but it's the same house model that was on my vision board a year prior to it. And when he had said that there's something more important that is superseding the the thing that you say you want, I started thinking, she's like value. You value that more than you value the thing that you desire. That's what it was. And I started thinking and where we were living, even though it wasn't ideal, because we were a family of five, we were in a two bedroom, we needed a house and children were growing and stuff. And, and I really valued the district we were in, the school district. There were no houses that I liked in the area. So every time we, we looked, we would have to look outside of the area. And that kept me from pushing forward. And I, I didn't realize that until he said that. And I was like, what am I valuing? Our church was like two minutes away. The school was five minutes away. You know, everything was so centrally located for us. And that's what I was valuing more than actually moving into the house that I wanted. And once I cleared that away and I cleared this other idea that you feel like the house has to come to you in a very specific way, get rid of that. Like get rid of the idea that how it has to come to you and just allow it to come to you. So, yeah. So there are other things that I was... I had to clear out, recognize what was happening and clear it out. Dropping bombs here, woman, because I, I, it's so true. It is so true. You have to ask yourself, what is it that I am valuing? Because you're absolutely right. If something is not coming in, like prime example, when I was trying to conceive our son, like I, like you was told, you know, it's a, a different, you know, you, you know, my story. So it's a very yeah. different scenario, but I was told it was going to be hard. So 
it was hard. You valued hard, right. Yeah. And I also was told that getting pregnant naturally was not a possibility for me. Like, like, good luck. You're too old. You need a donor egg, you know, all of this stuff. And I onboarded that. I, I never put that through a filter of whether or not I believe that truly. And the overachiever in me, though, the needing to, you know, be the, the student, you know, the top student, I'm going to follow the rules. Well, who was I to challenge that? A so, doctor, a doctor. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. Doctor imagine, with all those degrees. Yeah. And it's like, and it was funny because it wasn't until I opened myself up to the possibility of conceiving my son naturally, that this was a possibility that I was open to any and all possibilities that was, that were willing to show up, that he did show up. Mm -hmm. And I let go of the need to comply. I let go of so many things. And I value, this is interesting. I valued what other people thought Mm. of me more than I, than I valued what I knew to be true in my heart. I knew I could have my son. I just didn't know how, right? And when we don't know how, which is to your point, it's confusing. And then we also kind of figure- We default to what everybody says is how it's supposed to happen. We default to the experts, how it's supposed to happen instead of just opening ourselves up for it happening. Right, or that it's going to happen in this traditional way, which is what you're saying is like, be open, like let all the hows go because the how is irrelevant. Yeah, that's so big. It it is. Well, and it's been for even us who, you know, see ourselves in this, this thought process and are very, you know, educated on it, but it still is big. It's still powerful. And we still need reminding of it. We still need to be reminded of it. Because to your point earlier, we fall back into old thought pa- processes and thought patterns very easily. Yeah. Very easily. Yeah. So we have to be very conscious about what we're choosing to think, how we're choosing to think about things. So, yeah. Yeah. So tell us more about this because there's more. Tell you about my son, because this is my favorite story ever, because it's really a testament to the power of God and belief and everything that we've been talking about before, because like I said, when I found out in the ultrasound that Brooke was a girl, I said, okay, I know I have to do this again. And that was the moment I made up my mind. I made that decision that this is going to happen again. And it's going to be a boy. Like I'm like, I'm not leaving this up to chance anymore. This, <laughs> that, that was the moment I knew I'm going to have a son. And so just like the first time that I, I dug into the Bible to find you know, all the scriptures on healing and all this stuff. This time I looked for all those scriptures that, that aligned with boys having a son. Hannah prayed for a son and God gave her a son. Abraham and Sarah had a boy, even in their old age, right? If it was possible for them, it's possible for me. And so if she prayed for a boy, God granted her a boy, Isaiah, then I could pray for a boy and God is going to grant me a boy. So that was, that was the first thing is just embedding that. Then I needed, I knew that in order for that to manifest, I needed not just my belief 
to be in play because when you're looking at spiritual authority, you know, it has to come, it has to like be surrounded. You have to be surrounded in it. So I didn't just need my belief. I needed to enroll everybody into the belief of it and speaking the right things. So it was one Christmas, my mother-in-law, I decided to give her a gift. And what I did was I, I created this photo album of all her grandchildren. And she only has one grandson and nine granddaughters. And so I put a picture of my first daughter, Cassandra, as a baby, and then her at that time. Then I put a, a picture of my second daughter as a baby and at that time. And then I had a blank page with the, his name, with Elijah, because I love that name forever. I always love that name, Elijah. I said, if I have a son, his name is going to be Elijah. So he already had a name. So I had put the name Elijah and some baby footprints. I had a little stamp with some baby footprints on that page. And then I did all the other kids, right? I did them all in, in, in the album. So I gave her that album because she's not a believer like I was. And and I know she's very skeptical about everything. And so I gave her the matriarch of the family, the album. And so she, for Christmas, she opened it up. She, she looked through it. Well, she hid it at first and we had to get, open your gift, open your gift. So she opened it up and she looked at it and she's like, oh, how cute. And she turned to the page with Elijah and she looked at it and she's like, are you pregnant? I'm like, no, but if you see the footprints, Elijah is coming. So I had to plant that seed into the matriarch of the family that Elijah is coming. And so everybody started talking about Elijah coming. My three-year-old daughter in pre-K, this she drew a picture of our family. Like in pre-K, they had to draw pictures. And she drew daddy and mommy and Cassandra and Brooke. And then she drew this other little, little thing, body. And the teacher asked, well, who's that? She's like, that's my baby brother. That's Elijah. He's coming. And the teacher's like, oh, is your mom pregnant? She's like, not yet, but Elijah's coming. So like everybody was talking about Elijah coming and everybody, you know, I even had people who would tell me, oh, you can't believe for that. You can't believe for a son. You know, you get what you get. I'm like, no, no, that's not true. I can. And I am. It's like, oh, I know of all these women who get pregnant and say, oh, I'm having a boy and it doesn't. And it's, you know, they get disappointed. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't plant a seed after it's sown, right? You can't say this is going to be an apple tree after you've planted orange seeds. You have to plant the seed before it's sown. So I'm planting the seed before it's sown. And Elijah, he's not here yet because he's a very specific child that God is giving me. And I'm going to give it time, give him time to answer the call. I'm not going to rush this. I'm going to give him time to answer the call. And when is time, I will be pregnant with Elijah, not before. So we were patient and it took another three years. I think from when I made the album, because it was five years and from when I made that album. So all my children are five years apart and they all came four weeks early. I don't know why, but when I made the album to the time that I got pregnant with him, it was about three years. And then I got pregnant. And when I found out for sure I was pregnant, we were all in, in Orlando on vacation. I did the blood test. The doctor called me while I was over there and I bought a little cup with his name on it and gave it to his grandmother, my mother-in-law, with his name on it, a little sippy cup. And she looked at the sippy cup 
And she's like, Elijah's here, isn't he? I'm like, yes, he is. So, yeah. There were so many nuggets in that. Like, it is extraordinary. First of all, the audacity woman. I know. Well, I'm the audacious confidence growth expert. Well, I know. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes, you know, it's perfect. It's perfectly you. But I think what you're demonstrating here in such a very clear way is one, like know what you want and be unapologetic about it. And make a decision, make the decision that that is it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you were, I mean, like, I was still kind of like in the, in you manifesting the house, I'm like all this stuff, you know, I mean, it's, it's just so good. And it's such rich ground that like you take all of this goodness and you're like drawing a line in the sand. This is, I'm having my son. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think it really takes not only faith, but it's also a belief in yourself that is extraordinary to go and reveal to the people closest to you in your family that this is happening, right? Because most of us, we show a lot of shame about our desires Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, you did the exact opposite in a really bold and and beautiful way to reveal yourself as somebody who was believing for a son. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are other things in that story that I had to go through because part of it, like in my prayer time, God had instructed me on certain things. So there were times I had to fast for it. There were times like I had, I was instructed And I know people might think I'm woo-woo about this, but the impression was put upon my heart to give up certain things. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to be obedient to that because I'm asking for something very specific. I am requesting something very, very specific. And so I am going to be obedient. So when I had the impression to give up, because I loved bacon, I loved me some bacon and I loved (laughs) shellfish. And my mother-in-law had asked me what I wanted for Christmas that day, which I wanted her to cook and it had pork in it and it had crab in it. And, and the night before I was impressed to stop eating shellfish and eating pork. And I know there were several reasons for that in hindsight. One is the obedience, but also to stand up to my mother-in-law. You know, I had requested something of her and now I have to go back to her in obedience to God and say to her, I can't eat what you prepared for me. I'm sorry. I can't eat it. I I have to sanctify my body for Elijah. And so that was hard. That took ovaries of titanium woman. That was hard. I mean, hard. Because I she asked me what I wanted. I told her what she went. She shopped for it. She cooked it. And here I am showing up the next day saying, I can't eat any of it. Um, so that was hard, but it's also, to be yeah, survive that. I survived that, but it was in obedience to the desire, right? It was in obedience to what it is. I was asking for the universe to provide for God to provide for me, Elijah. And so, you know, I, I, I had to humble myself many times (laughs) during this journey. That's mind blowing. Oh my gosh. You know, but what, what an 
what a really interesting way to illustrate the point that when you are clear on what you want and you're listening to the truth that's in your heart, you're obedient to the call, you know, because we all have the ability to hear the call. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the same thing, like when, when my husband and I made the decision that we were going to stop our treatment, like, I think he was, he got there before I did, but there was this, and when he mentioned it to me, I think I, I fought him on it a little bit, but there was this overwhelming, there was this overwhelming sense of peace that I was going to submit to that, mm-hmm. that I was being asked to believe bigger, that I was being invited to believe at a level I had never believed, because at this point, it was me, it was my husband, and it was God. There was nobody else. Nobody I mean, else. Everybody else had tapped out. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. else would be like, there's nothing here for you. That's when you, they tell you in the Bible, you got to gird up your loins. Yeah. <laughs> you gird them up. You got to gird them up. Well, and then so Elijah arrived. Elijah. And I think, you know, what was really special is I had asked the doctor if my children can be in the, in the delivery room for it. Because I also wanted my girls to not be afraid of childbirth. Wow. I didn't want wow. them to, to have the experience of Hollywood of what childbirth is. I wanted to give them that it, what childbirth could be. So they were right there front and center, right in front, seeing all, <laughs> seeing it all. <laughs> wow. A wow. Five-year-old and a 10-year-old right in front and center, watching their, their baby brother be born. I mean, think about how intentional that is, Alicia. I mean, like mm-hmm. I'm blown away by so many aspects of this, the strength of character, the strength of faith, the foresight to be able to say, I'm choosing something different for my daughters. And you're willing to stand up to your mother-in-law which would probably have 99% of us running in the opposite direction, right? Un- unless you had some whiskey on board, like yeah, right. much like that's a bridge I'm not going to cross, especially not on Christmas. Like on seriously, Christmas. I mean, that was divine intervention that I think saved your ass right there is like that, you know, if anyone needs proof of your higher power, this was that's it right there. Yeah. I think I'm telling you, it. I was sweating bullets. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> right I over there. A whole new set of believers here because people are like, she, wait a minute, I'm going to check her to see if she's got a pulse. She appears to have survived that interaction with her mother-in-law. So what would you say? I mean, I'm sure there's a host of other examples, but you know what you've shared with us here is so profound in such very tangible and human ways, whether it's the house, whether it's your children, whether it's overcoming insane morning sickness, calling in your boy, what would you want? Like if you were going to basically, you know, drill down and like maybe give us a few things, a few things for women who are struggling with their fertility, struggling to wrap their head around this whole mind body thing, the faith thing, even Mm -hmm. what would you want them to know? I mean, as a gorgeous 53-year-old woman who has seen some stuff and has personally 
um, seen the power of manifestation of belief and the faith, what would you want them to know? Can I share a scripture with you? Because please, please. And it's the premise of my whole show that you were on, that you were a guest on. It's uh, three John two, where he says, beloved, I, I pray above all things that you be prosperous and be in health, even as your soul prospers. That is the mind, body, spirit connection. That scripture in, embraces all three parts of us. There is not one part that we have to leave, that we could leave out of that. He says, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health. So when you're looking to get pregnant, that's your health. Even as your soul prospers, that's the mind. So you have to understand what, what, what is manifesting in your mind. What is happening in that mind of yours? What are you, what are you thinking about in the depths of your despair? Because I had some deep despair when I was first pregnant with my son and that morning sickness hit. There was a day that I just couldn't get out of bed and I was crying. I was begging, I was pleading and I was crying. And I said, God, I don't know if I can go through this again. I don't know if I have the strength to go through nine months of this. This is hard. And I remember calling a friend and I said, I need you to pray for me because I was like this close to thinking about abortion. I was this close to thinking I cannot make it through this. And I said, you prayed, you believed and you received. Don't, don't abandon your seed now. Don't abandon it. I had to stir myself up not to abandon all the, all the stuff that I did leading up to this moment. And I said, you can do this. You know, we have to stir it up inside of us. Sometimes we need to, to call on a, a, a friend to pray for us, to, to hold us up in our moments of weakness, because we can't be strong 24 seven. You know, there will be times that you will doubt that you will be in despair and you will feel hopeless. But just remember that, you know, you are strong enough to do this. And God would not put a desire in your heart that he's, it's not meant to come through. So don't abandon your seed. Don't abandon it. You know, I, I think that's, that's, that's what I would tell anybody. Keep believing. Yeah. Amen to all of that. You know, it, it's, it's interesting to me. There was another point because in that scripture, you were talking about the mind and the body. But I think there's also a really powerful lesson about prosperity, meaning abundance, meaning no lack, no scarcity. Mm -hmm. I just want to, I'm like, she's again, dropping bombs, but I'm like, prosper, prosper, prosper. Yeah. But it's, you know, but when we think about prosperity, people immediately think it's only financial money. Mm -hmm. That's like the easy part. Like that's the easy piece because it's tangible. But when we're talking about real prosperity. We're talking about spiritual depth. We're talking about opportunity. We're talking about not believing in lack of any kind, not Mm. being confined by age, not being confined by past failures. It is true prosperity. Hey, if Sarah could do it at 90, hello. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) 
But, you know, what's interesting about that, Alicia, though, is I think that, you know, we've been conditioned to separate our beliefs, you know, like we're we're taught, I think, to look at statistics and look at science, whatever, you know, like, I mean, science and faith are not mutually exclusive. I think, you know, people draw, you know, this unnecessary line between the two. But I think that science is enhanced by faith because you see it. You see the mm-hmm. magic and the, the tangibility of the, the thing you believe. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I really appreciate what you've shared here. I mean, there's so much richness that you've shared. And I just you know, it was, it was so amazing to, to be able to share in that with you and, you know, and hear this miraculous story. So how do women get in touch with you? How do women dig into your work? Because I've looked at your work. I'm like, there's a lot of cool stuff that you've got going on here. So how do women find you? Thank you. So alicia360.com is the easiest place to find me. Um, All my social media links are there, plus my website, and you can you can text me, you can call me, you can book an appointment on my calendar, you can smoke signal me, everything is right there on that site. That's awesome. And we'll definitely be putting links to all of those in the show notes here. But, you know, I just wanted to thank you, Alicia. I think what what comes through in in everything that you do and, and everything that you've shared here is a, a deep and abiding conviction that's accessible to anyone if they're willing to tap into it. Because you speak about this with such authority and such peace. So thank you for sharing that with all of us here. And it's just such a pleasure to have you. I appreciate you inviting me so much. Thank you, Roseanne. I I don't often get, you know, in the business arena, I don't often get an opportunity to talk about my story and, 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 you know, how my children came into this world. (laughs) And so I really, really, truly appreciate and I'm humbled by the opportunity to, to share that. Loves, wasn't Alicia just phenomenal? See, there are so many wonderful blessings and amazing quote-unquote side effects that can come from following your dream. You just never know who you're going to meet in the process, and every leap that you take is going to bring you closer and closer to like-minded people who are high vibrational and love to take a stand for having what they desire in this life. And well, in Alicia's case, having it all. And so I really hope that you'll check Alicia out at alicia360.com. Check her out on Instagram, the Alicia Corey. She's just a phenomenal woman to be inspired by and frankly, know. Now, loves, if you are at a place on your fertility journey where you know it is time, it is finally time to get out of your own way, move past the limiting beliefs that are keeping you from claiming and proclaiming and declaring your baby. My Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind and body. So you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. 2022 is very quickly coming to a close. We are around the time that you hear this podcast. We are well into Q4. You want to make 2023 your year? It is time, mama. The decisions you make now are going to impact where you are a year from now. To apply for an interview 
for my Fearlessly Fertile Method program, go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodology has helped women around the world make their mom dreams come true. 62 women this year. Their results speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, baby, you got to keep in holding your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.